Hello everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm your host Ads Lyson. I have on the podcast today someone who has brought light into the surfing community and created his own genre, whether he likes it or not, within the surf category of life, surf comedy. He talks about life in California as a surfer and how he became a popular entity through Kook of the Day and the Surfer Magazine's Ultra Core Surf Hour. Please enjoy my conversation with John Wayne Freeman. John Wayne Freeman, welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. How are you going, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really interested in all the content you've been putting out on Instagram. Good to hear some of your uh, your feedback, you know, the stuff that you're getting back from people as well. Yeah, it's fun. It's um, It's been a blast. It's been going pretty strong for about a year and uh, opened a lot of doors and different opportunities. I'm having a ton of fun with it. And uh, yeah, I think the the surf world needed a, a little more humor as we as we all do so good yeah definitely i think there's far too many serious people out there and um, especially out in the water and uh, and back on the land as well you know especially sort of like over here in the uk um it's all very serious and yeah it's oh. just, especially sport these days is all very serious as well and it's just kind of buckling a bit like it's supposed to be fun absolutely that's that's what we all got into it for and uh that's still why I do it. It's the funnest thing I can think of is riding waves. And it was never meant to be super serious. I mean, obviously, if you're riding big waves, there's there's always an element of danger, but it's still the funnest thing you can do. So I mean, yeah, I think we need to take ourselves a little less seriously. Yeah, 100%. Um, so if I can ask you, can you just uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is John Wayne Freeman. Uh, I, I or John, whatever. I just, for some reason, when I started Instagram, I'm like, I'm going to use my real name, my full name, which is probably pretty stupid in hindsight, but now it, it's, it sounds like uh, only serial killers use all three of their names, but I'm not, I'm not a serial killer, normal guy. Things are good. Um, I live in Southern California. I was raised here. I'm third generation. Um, my parents grew up here and my grandparents grew up here. Uh, started serving when I was 14 years old love with it been doing that for a long, long time um was uh went to school in san diego was on the surf team that was also on the high school surf team. that's one of the things that's kind of cool in california if you live on the beach uh one of our sports is surfing got to do that which was amazing a lot of fun um yeah then went to college down in san diego at the school right on the beach called point loma just surf has been my my thing that I do forever. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I was in the Navy <laughs> about six weeks. I got kicked out. Um, I joined after 11. I thought I was going to do that. Um, that didn't work out. I came home. I became a police officer here in California. Did that for a little bit. Um, decided that wasn't for me. So I became an EMT, started, uh, reserving as a firefighter. Um, and then became a paramedic. I'm still a paramedic, but kind of all along during all this time. And by the way, I was terrible at all that stuff. I was not a good fit for the military. I was not a good cop. I was not any of this, but I always tell people my dad, my dad was like a SWAT team sniper, um, cop for 28 years, kind of masculine dude. So I always, I also was an ocean lifeguard. Um, 
but I, I thought I needed to be like one of these guys, which is why I like talking to you, like about the, the Royal Marines and stuff, tremendous respect. Like I've just been fascinated with that stuff since I was a kid reading about it, but I'm not very good at it. I'm not a, the greatest team player in the world. <laughs> I'm a goofball, like to a fall. So um, yeah, I ended up getting hired as a firefighter here, which is a really prized position, you know? And it took forever. It took years. I got hired when I was uh, 36 and kind of a dream job. And uh, I got let go during the academy. And I was like devastated. And I needed a job because I have two little kids and, and a wife. There you are. Yeah, there are. Okay. Yeah, so wife, well, two, wife and two kids. Yeah, wife and two kids. And uh, I was working nights as a janitor and I just started messing around with the phone you know, doing all this stuff. And I always wanted to be an actor, be a comedian and do all that stuff. And then people started reacting. And um, yeah, here we are now. It was, it was amazing. Super stoked. I just kind of started leaning into my strengths and doing what I'm good at <laughs> instead of what I'm bad at. And um, yeah, here we are now. I'm talking to you. So I hope that was what you were looking for. No, that's brief. I, mean, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from, from an early age and, you know, coming through the school system in America, you've done what everyone should do anyways, you know, go through lots of different jobs and find out what you're good at uh, and what you enjoy as well. I think that's one thing that people miss these days is they go to university and then they're told they need to do this and they need to do that. Whereas like, you know, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're never going to be happy in your life anyway. 100%. And it's, it's a fact, you know, and I've had so many jobs. I've worked so many different things. I knew pretty early on what I was good at. I knew what my strengths were. But here, yeah, this idea was stuck in my head of you're going to get a job and you're going to work there for 25, 30 years. But that's you don't have to do that in this day and age. But that's what I thought at the time. Now, I don't think that anymore, though. You know, and I wish I would have done what did you go on holiday or not holiday? What's it called? You take, you graduate high school and you travel for a couple of years. A lot of Europeans do this. I mean, I, uh, I was, I did, I did my, so what we call GCSEs, which are like your exams when you're like 16 or 17. And then you get to choose whether you go and do like your A-levels. So like your, um, probably like the lower end of college for you guys. Cause when you go to college and university, you're like in your twenties, aren't you? Um, yeah, 19. Yeah, so twenty-four years. Yeah, um, and then you get then you choose to go to university, um, but it you don't have to do any of that. And and I didn't. I did my A levels for the first year, and I probably did it just to piss my teachers off. To be honest with you, because they told because <laughs> because they told me I was never going to pass anything. Wow. Um, yeah, I did. I did that for a year, um, and then I left. I did about six to eight months of like work, working on building sites and filling concrete in and getting oh. shouted at by the older guys and then <laughs> I joined the Marines then you know so I joined when I was about 17 18. Okay and are you still in or are you are you out at this point? No no I'm still serving yeah so I'm in my wow. I'm in my last 18 years uh, 18 years it's a long time isn't it um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my last 18 months so I've served 20 years so far. Wow, that's awesome. So at 20 years, uh, that's like in the US at 20 years, you'll get a pension of some sort for yeah. the rest of your life. Same. Awesome. Yeah. So well, I thank, you, thank you, man. Thank you for doing that. I'm not I'm not British, but thank you for your service. And um, 
yeah, dude, that's, that's impressive. Has it been, I mean, I can't imagine the places you've gone, the, the things that you've seen. I'm sure it's, it's, it grew you up a lot as a young man. Yeah, I, I mean, think so. I mean, you, you're in yeah. that, uh, it's, it's, the way I kind of see it is you're kind of like in a football team or, or any sporting team where you're together and you've got that cohesion all the time with those people. Right. And those people that you work with or whatever, you know, you just, you just end up being with them all the time. So, yeah. It's, Are uh, a lot of them surfers or not that many surfers? Um, not, not too many. Not too many, um, yeah. I mean, surfing when 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 I grew up. I mean, I started when I was like fourteen, so I went on holiday to Wales, okay. which is, you know, uh, just just off the east uh, west side of England, and um, yeah, I was kind of, I made my own path. Everyone was into like doing like the sheep thing, where they followed um, like the same the same teams or did the same play thing. rugby. They all play rugby or they all, yeah, yeah all played football. Soccer, and that sort football. Of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I did all of that, but I was never like mega into it. Um, you know, I, I had like a Kelly Slater pe uh, pencil case and I had posters of like Tom, <laughs> Tom Carroll on my wall. And you yes, know, I'm from, me. I'm from the Midlands in the, in England. So, you know, it's a good two, two and a half hour drive down to the ocean. And, uh, it was a bit epic with me until I could learn to drive. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, it's cool that you chose that path. You know, I wonder what made you do that as opposed to getting involved in the traditional sports. Like kids, I'm a do kids play cricket. Is that a thing too? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot, yeah. uh, cricket's like a summer, uh, summer sport here in the UK. I mean, when we call it summer, it's like, you know, two months of the year is a little bit warmer than usual, you know, and, uh, but, um, yeah, cricket, rugby, football, they're all like your stereotypical, um, sports that people play here. Um, right. I did play them, but I didn't like follow them, you know, like follow the NFL or, you know, like the Premier League here. Um, you know, I just, I, I did, did my own thing pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, same thing, man. It sounds like we, we started at the same time, 14 years old, and it's this thread that's ran through my life, regardless of if I was going through a, a, having a bad year or a great year, I've always surfed. It's always kind of been there. Um, through the, through the best of times and the worst of times, like I've gone out in the water and been able to, to kind of, it settles me, keeps me, keeps me where I want to be. So it's a, it's a cool activity. I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. I've talked about this before on the podcast where I think in this day and age, people are very heavy into mental health, aren't they? I mean, you should know yourself being like in the EMT and all that yeah. sort of thing. And uh, if you're in those high stress jobs or you see some like horrific stuff, like we've both probably seen, mm -hmm. um, you need some form of outlet and if you don't have that or something to focus on and then you can go there's two ways of going it there's down a dark route where you know you yeah. can turn to drink and all that sort of thing you know it's pretty gloomy or you know you can focus on something like jujitsu or surfing or something like that and yeah you know you can focus yeah. on that jujitsu is an incredible outlet too that's yeah. funny man i i saw that 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 um what, what how long have you been rolling for uh about six seven years now six seven years so purple belt yeah yeah purple belt um i came to i love i love brazilian jiu-jitsu but i had this i love surfing more i'll just say it and i was watching guys that were rolling that were getting older and i would see them their shoulders they would start to get injured they would start to have surgeries i saw guys starting to get fake hips you know some black belts high level guys 
And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, I get so much enjoyment out of this, but do I want to be 65 and walking like I'm a hundred, you know, and not walking like an old man. Now, obviously it depends on if you have good training partners, how hard you go, all those different things. But I learned a long time ago that you're only as old as your joints and I need my knees. I need my hips. I need my shoulders to keep surfing, which is what I love the most. And as much as I love Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it's the most therapeutic thing to clean your head, your mind, I'm like, I want to keep surfing at a, at a progressing and really, I don't know. It just, it took precedence over Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and a lot of guys do both and they do them really well, continue to do that. But I just got my blue belt and I'm that guy that like, he got his blue belt and then it's like, where did the blue belt go? We never see him anymore. Oh, <laughs> what really? do him? Yeah. So I, I train now maybe like I'll roll like, once every three months or something. <laughs> so like, are you still doing it though that's the main thing right i mean i, I if you call it doing it like i was going you know once twice a day like i was addicted you know it's, it's the best yeah i mean I, I started really because um the waves here in the uk are pretty much fat you know far and few between and um there was a you know i haven't surfed for probably about you know two or three weeks and, uh, you know, sometimes you go months without it. And I just wanted to find something that had like a bit of comparative with it. Um, so, you know, I, where I was up in, um, up in North Devon, sort of like the, uh, the North coast of the Southwest, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. there's a couple of guys that were into it. We got some mats down cause I work in the gym. I'm a, I'm a physical training instructor, uh, within the Marines. And, um, you know, we just, we just started training, you know, I, and I was a little bit, I guess, lucky, but unfortunate. We had a guy called Chris Sherrington who was um, with us. And he was a black belt judo guy. He's probably about 100, 170, no, not 170 pounds. He's like 130 kilos, 140 kilos. So he's a big old yeah. guy. Like, you know, he's yeah. the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. So he's like super wow. high level. And that was my introduction to it, really. I just got absolutely smashed. And, uh, yeah, I had a sore neck for quite a while. Like, Yeah, those, those, a big man that is competent in judo is a, is a formidable, scary thing. I mean, just to, to get to where they get that, that high level and then to have the size. Judo's, I, I, I read about judo. I love judo. Um, it's it's an incredible incredible skill to have in your in your tool bag for sure. I mean, to give some scope on this guy, this guy's got massive sausage fingers, and his hands would fit over the top of your head, and he could lift you off the ground. That's how big this guy is, like you know. I remember like all those old like the World War Two combatives books are always like they're all judo and boxing. Those guys were like. That, that was, it's still a nasty mix. A dude that knows judo and knows how to box. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a handful right there. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's your MMA right there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is early on. Yep, exactly. Um, so do you, you're a physical training instructor. Is that amongst the Royal Marines specifically or for all the different units? 
No, so within the uh, in, within the Royal Marines Commandos, you have something called specialist qualifications. Okay. So um, before I was a, um, when you pass out of training, your general duties. So you're basically like, <laughs> I use the word cannon fodder. Um, yeah, yeah you, you you're like your uh, basic sort of infantryman. Um, and then you can specialize whether it's anti-tanks, signals, mortars, heavy weapons, um, physical training instructor, mountain leader. There's lots of different ones that you can choose to go down. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but you don't lose um, your soldiering role. So within those specialist qualifications, you'll go back to a commando unit and you'll still go out on the ground, still go on operations, still do all that th sort of stuff. Yeah. you'll still be you know your your um yeah your remit that you've gone into so you, you mm -hmm. kind of stick to it i gotta tell you something real quick so there's a small airport right behind me uh -huh. okay and it's primarily used for skydiving okay. so like I, I could go look out my window right now and i'll see guys and one day i start seeing like these dudes with these crazy parachutes with colors i've never seen so i'm seeing it day after day and then I was in a convenience store getting some candy and I see these, these like big dudes with these crazy cats and they're in their jumpsuits. And it was all, it was the UK jump team. A bunch of them are, are Royal Marines and they're over here practicing. And I started talking to a few of them and they were just like, yeah, we, you know, I'm not going to try to do the accent, but they come <laughs> over here and, uh, and they practice here and they were just like, looking at all of them and then i went home and i looked up like who are these guys because they all looked like they'd been some places and seen some stuff and yeah i, I looked it up and I, most of them i think were were from royal marines am i incorrect or not how long ago was right? this two years ago yeah they're like the uk demonstration jump team like the guys that go out to air shows and do the parachute free fall stuff Okay, yeah, I mean, I, we we do get, have guys that do something called adventure training, and they come to like uh, they I think they, they come to California. I've been to Daytona. Yeah. Um, I've been really? to, I've been to Deland and did uh, did my uh, freefall skydiving course there. So we, so you do get guys come over and do that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I it was just weird to see like, but there's not there's only so many places guys can jump here. So yeah, they were just using it, practicing, going up all day, jumping, and uh, with with funny accents and strange tattoos. Yeah, funny accents <laughs> that people say are Australian sometimes when they're not. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, the, so you would go to Wales. How is the surf, man? Is it is it mostly just windswelled crap, or does it have days? So during during the summer, it's it's not great. Um, it, it's quite flat because we get a lot of high pressures. Um, but you know during the winter time is, is probably the best time to surf but you've got to wait for those good low pressures to come through to generate the swell in the atlantic and then you know it it, it pushes its way towards the coast but the the problem we've got with with our um with our country is it's a little i guess you could compare it to like maine um because mm -hmm. we're, we're sort of like the same level as that um, you know, the weather's quite inclement and it's a little bit all over the place. So, you know, you're offshore winds and all that sort of thing. You, you, right. You've got to be lucky to get them. Um, whereas like, you know, the climate that you're in in California, you know, the the the, the sun heats the land up and that produces your uh, offshore winds, right? So it's mm -hmm. probably, I, I don't know, 
but I would suggest that in the morning's pretty good because the wind's blowing offshore and in the evening maybe I don't know. No, that's extremely accurate. Were were you able to throw a board in a board bag and like take it with you when you would travel places with your job? Um, I I never really travelled with it because the places okay. that I went were war zones. So <laughs> I've not, I've not <laughs> can I have your board there. <laughs> yeah, I've not, I've not got to really pull out a firewire in the middle of Kandahar. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was going to say, you, uh, you picked uh, probably one of the wildest times to join the military. The last 20 years has been quite uh, active in that region. And um, I mean, you ever stop and think about that, like the timing of everything? No. What, I didn't. Are, yeah. Are you about like 38, 39? Yeah, I'm 39 in, uh, in October. Yeah. So we're about the same age, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I, I'm 40. Um, so you, you picked a time in history when I'm sure... The UK, this is as active as the military's been since probably, what, World War II or so? I mean, yeah, for consistently? Yeah, we mean, for, for consistency, yeah. I mean, we did have the Falklands back in the uh, back in the early right. 80s, but, mm -hmm. you know, that was a quick couple of weeks and it was there and gone. So I think, it, to be honest with you, I was super lucky. You know, when, when I joined up, um, sort of like the first couple of years before 9-11, um, it was just Northern Ireland. Uh, Kosovo was happening as well so um, you know there's a few deployments to Kosovo and stuff but Ireland was the only thing but then you know when the uh, when the Twin Towers happened um, you know I was watching the TV with one of my friends I was like yeah I know where I'm going and uh, yeah so I, I kind of bounced between um, Afghan tours and then obviously Iraq happened in 2003 2002 2003 yeah. so I did the invasion of Iraq as well Oh. And um, yeah, and then the and then Afghanistan's after that too. So um, you could say I was unfortunate, but you wouldn't join the military unless you wanted to go and do that anyway. So right, it'd be practicing for the game you never got to play, and you literally right away got to apply your trade, if you will, um, in the actual environment. How many deployments have you done? Uh, I did three Afghanistans and I did the, uh, the invasion of Iraq. Yeah. So four wow. together. Yeah. That's crazy. And then would, would they keep you at home in between them to do like training stints? Would you get like posted to do training at home, like for a year or something? Um, it doesn't really work like that. So, uh, we've got something called a drafting system where, um, you know, you, you get, so for instance, I get, uh, I get posted to a base. I spend about two years there. Uh, and then once I've done my two years there, I'll get drafted somewhere else. So I'll go and spend another two years there. It kind of bounces around. So it's got it's between an eighteen month and a and a, um, a, a two year uh, drafting system, really. So um, I was quite fortunate that every time I went away, I went away with a um, with a different commando unit. So I've I've done all three commando units, um, and I did operations with every single one of those as well, which. You know, not not a lot of people get to do that either. So I was quite. Those all, do they all have different specialties, or are they just different units? Within? No, that they're, they're, they're all. Um, one of them's changed a little bit now. It's more gone to like the maritime role for um, uh, anti piracy and all that sort of thing and ship protection. Mm -hmm. um, but the other two are still like you know the the main commander roles. I you know if something happens in the world and you know we have to go away like Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, you've got couple of weeks notice and you're away again you know wow do you have an idea of what you want to do this 
after military life is where you want to go because you're still a young man like do you know what you do what your next step is have an idea yeah so i'm kind of halfway through a um a, a therapy course called the bowen technique um which is a kind of little bit like um osteopathy and sports massage um but it's all about um using really light moves uh called do you know what fascia is no i don't so fascia is uh the is that the tissue between your skin and yeah, your, yeah. your muscles or your bones mm -hmm. so if you put your thumb onto your arm or your hand and you move it lightly over it's not just that area that moves everything moves and the adipose tissue is intertwined throughout the body so the whole idea is that the fascia release when you do these okay. moves in a certain place it releases all the muscle tension or if you've got internal problems you know it helps release that um my mum has been doing it for like 30 years so um wow. i was quite quite lucky that you know i had a bit of knowledge behind that and uh yeah hopefully with my pension and stuff i'll make a good living out of it yeah absolutely so would that be similar to what we call like a physical therapist um I like is it for injuries or is it more massage like is it or um, is it for rehab no it's um, like it can be stress related okay. so so for instance if you get like tight muscles in your neck or something and you're starting to get yeah. headaches you can use it for that um any stress relief um the thing with the bowing technique is it's not something that you would advertise to say we can heal this right um, it, it's it's that it's a to help the healing process um so it kind of initiates it so say for instance i don't know you you um you pull a calf muscle, for instance, yep. you'll do certain um, procedures or moves around the body and then move to the calf, which will then help the healing process or help release the muscle tissue, which will then, if it's not so tight, it can then start healing itself. And you, you, you enjoy it. Like you're, you're into it. You're fascinated by it. Like that's, it sounds like you are. I mean, if that's what you're going to do, you know, that's sounds great. Like you're, you're into it, like helping people and doing all that. That's funny though, dude, you're, you're literally going from one life where you, <laughs> you had a completely different role to being a healer essentially, which is, I mean, that's great. Oh, what, that's awesome. fair, like, a lot of my friends, when they, when they leave, they go into like personal training or they go and do like the close protection circuit. Um, you do all right. that sort of thing. And I've kind of like, I lost a lot of my cat lives when I was away. And they kind of like didn't want to push the issue too much. So yeah. I'm kind of like, well, do you know what? Let's do something completely different. Um, let's go a different direction. If I get pulled back that way, you know, like you say, I'm still still quite young. Um, yeah. You know, that could still happen. But, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Man, I'm like, I'm quite, I'm, I'm really laid back. I want an easy life. I, you know, I want to yeah. go surf. I want to go on trips you know the Maldives back to Indo I spent a lot of time in Indo surfing oh, dude, I've never been man I yeah. is it just it's insane isn't it it's, I mean I, the I, waves. I went back like in the early 2000s so I was going you know I did a good four four five years where you know I ever went out for a month or a couple of weeks here and there and yeah, I was out there as much as I could and did it on a real budget as well. So I'm not sure what it's like now because, 
you know, I haven't been there for 10 years, but it was, man, it was so cool. You got it at a good time. I, I know parts of it from what I've heard are really touristy now and pretty blown out. But I mean, the surf is still amazing. It's just, it's, it's Indo. What more can you say? Yeah, I mean, Warm water paradise. One of the things I did want to do is, and I spoke to my wife about it quite a bit, is um, coming and doing the, the west coast of California, you know, so coming down, get, get a, getting an RV or a motorhome and, and driving down from, you know, um, you know, not so far enough, but from, say, San Francisco and using that, um, you know, west coast all the way down to Mexico and just see, see how that goes, you know. But, Dude, it's, it's so fun. So I started, I drove from a place called Fort Bragg, a city that's north of San Francisco, maybe 150 miles. And there's the one, the highway, the one that just hugs the coast all the way down. And this state is so incredible. You can go from the mountains and beautiful snow. You can go from Yosemite, just incredible stuff, to the desert, right? But the coastline, when you get up north, it's like woods huge giant trees the surf is totally different it's big there's big boulders the surfers look different you'll see surfers that look <laughs> like lumberjacks with big beards and you're like because it's gnarly there's big fish out there right it's a whole different thing and then you start getting closer down to southern california and you see all these little surf towns that have their own guys and their own culture and the water gets warmer the waves get easier i just got back from a trip from like central California and it's really sharky up there and it's super I mean they just don't build homes there's not enough jobs there's not enough work but if you want to get alone like you feel like you're in a storybook you'll be sitting there surfing and it's just hills with cows and the bull kelp the kelp in the water you'll literally get stuck in I thought it was going to drown in kelp I'm like this is how I go I had to take my leash off you're like climbing on top of it but then you get down here and you got trestles, right? Which I endlessly joke about because it's this, the waves are so good, so fun, so soft, but there's hundreds of people, you know? And it's 20 minutes north of me right now, yeah. this trestle. So yeah, dude, please do that. It's, it's worth it and you'll get the full California experience. I'm always interested too, when I talk to people that aren't from here, their perception of what California is, is so based on movies, magazines and they they'll have questions i remember i met some canadians that said to me do you guys all you know sleep under palm trees at night and i was like yes of course we do just joking and then she's like do you all drive vw bugs in buses and i was like yeah we sure do you know it's but that's it california is this thing around the world always has been i think so. it's the same wherever you go though isn't it? there's always that lifestyle um there's always that lifestyle perception isn't there um, you know, the southwest of England is kind of, um, I would say, like the mecca for tourism. Within the UK, right. it's kind of like quite the holiday place. And it's it's kind of like the hub for surfing as well. There is waves all around the country, you know, from north to southeast to west. You know, Scotland is... Um, it's got some awesome reef breaks. Never surfed them myself. I was based up in Scotland for two years and never surfed once. And that was when I, uh, when I first passed out of training. Um, but... You know, to go traveling around this country is, I say it's quite difficult, but it's nothing compared to like you guys. I mean, you can travel across a state and it would take you three days. 
you could travel from north to south in this country, which is like probably about 850 miles and it'd take her like 24 hours. That's about it. Like, you know, and, uh, I mean, I live, I, I live an hour away from my like local break, Yeah. but it's from an hour from the North coast. Um, so where the Atlantic is or the South coast, which is kind of just the start of the uh, English channel. So, um, when the swell hits the UK, it come, you know, the westerly, the West swells or the Southwest swells. Um, that come up from Europe. Um, you know, I'm we're in a pretty decent spot for uh, for the waves, like you know, and um, but a lot of people come on holiday down here, which I could imagine is the same for you guys. Everyone just flocks to California in the summer. Absolutely. You, you hear all the accents in the water. You'll be like, yeah, totally different. See, have you ever gone to um, like uh, Spain, Mundaka, or France, Hossiger? Have you ever taken the train over there? Yeah. So. Um, I've done quite a few trips, like as a, uh, call it a civilian, like non-military trips down there. You know, right. just throwing it into a little shitty car and throwing a tent up somewhere. Um, I've done, you know, the Basque Country, so you know, Hossega, yeah. um, the sort of like the northern sides of Spain. So I've never, I've never surfed Mundaka, but I've been there. Um, but it's such an amazing place. The beaches down there and the beach breaks are amazing. Um, it's, uh, yeah, if, if you're over in Europe, get yourself down there and have a look. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard it's, it's, it's crazy. Like that whole Hossiger area. I just, I mean like, and then Mundaka, it like, looks like there's like a castle or something on the beach. You have all this old architecture. I mean, hopefully one day I'll get over there. Um, yeah, yeah all, I'm all, all that coast area down there. So when you come down to the Basque country, it's all sort of like really like old, um, like olden buildings and stuff. Okay. Um, there's a place uh, um, in Portugal. So you know where the uh, the CT stops up in uh, in Peniche. Yep. Well, about about 50 miles south or 60, 70 k south of that, there's a um, like a world surf reserve called Erisera. and uh, there's oh, yeah. loads of amazing like reefs and stuff like that down there. Uh that sounds insane because I want nothing to do with super tubes. That looks gnarly. Yeah, they, so, you know, so, yeah. So super tubes is halfway between between Arisera and uh, and Peniche. Um, and again, I mean, you have to get it right, um, like any any place you go and surf. But um, you know, when you hit it down there, you know, you you're gonna score some real good waves. Like, hey, what was the name of that? There was a, a guy from the UK that. I think he's the only ever made it onto the, the pro surfing, the WSL or the ASP. But do you know what his name was? Yeah, Russell Winter. English. Russell Winter, yeah, dude, regular foot. He's yeah, he, good, kind, kind of a little skinny guy. Yeah, yep. I've tried to, uh, I've messaged him, messaged him a couple of times to try and get him onto the podcast um, because, you know, he's just kind of dropped off the scene a little bit. Right. You, should, you know who you should message since you mentioned him is Tom Carroll. Dude, awesome guy, totally accessible. Dude, send him be like, hey, Tom, big, fan. you know, I have a plot. He'd probably do it. He's a sweetheart. I like, I, that's one of these things again, doing all this technology. I, I'm blown away. Like, like a week ago, I was talking to Tom Carroll in front of my house. Going, but he's a, he's a real nice guy. We just kind of go, man, this is incredible. Like, I love that when you when you talk to your hero, he's a normal guy and doesn't have ego. Because when you meet the guys that 
have egos and are jerks and you're like it's a bummer <laughs> well it's funny you say that i actually did a podcast with him last wednesday no you didn't <laughs> yeah how man. was it how was it mate i tell you what so i, I was a little bit when when i first uh, did it over zoom with him i was a little bit taken aback because i didn't you know i wasn't really expecting to talk to him um and especially like i had posters of tom carroll up in my in my room at home yeah and uh you know him surfing pipe with a gaff on and i was like oh, and, and I'm, yeah kind of like a messaging message you about this um you know, I just said, look, you know, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Are you interested in coming on? He's like, yep. Yeah. And then I did about an hour and a half with him last week. And I was wow. Like, That's so, dude, I'm going to watch that when I'm done with this. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's, to like, I don't think people understand. That dude, like, in a, in a, he's huge to us, but in Australia, he's like as famous as it gets. Yeah, Dude's I mean, like a sport icon. I am. Um, it comes out on Monday, so I've only I've just finished editing nice. it, and it and uh, it'll be released on Monday. So yeah, it was a really good, really good conversation. It was one of those ones where I wanted more time with him, but I only really do these for sort of like an hour and an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was li I literally scratched the surface with him. We talked a little bit about the CT and then you know big wave surfing and what he's doing now and stuff. And you know I, I mean. Um, in the morning there it's about 6 a.m so uh so here it's like nine in the evening and i do a little bit of meditation just to try and um sort my headspace out before i go to bed so i kind of just like he he's he's on like maybe two or three times a week and i just kind of like tune into him and it's just you know that, that's kind of where i got it from i was like really interested in what he was doing and what he was talking about it was kind of like my mentality and i thought do you know what let's just ask him yeah read his book too his book's amazing I don't know if you've read it about yeah, addiction I, and his recovery and his brother. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. When I mean, you, when you get it done with it on Monday, I'll promote it on my thing. So uh, we'll try to get more people over there. Cause I'm, yeah, I can't, dude, I'm stoked. You got him on. That's rad. Yeah. And, and like you said earlier about, you know, I mean, I've only just started this. This is, you're going to be my ninth episode, I think. Awesome. Um, so I've, I've got loads and loads of people that I've, um, that I've spoken to um, from like the MMA community. So I've got a few guys that are uh, UFC coaches that are a friend of friends. Um, I've just kind of hooked up with a guy that works for Dakine. Um, and uh, he started giving, <laughs> he started. Is he in Hawaii? Is he in Hawaii? No, no. So he lives, no. uh, he works down the road from me. But okay. His, his boss is a Hawaiian. And uh, he used to surf with like all the old boys, like Jerry Lopez, um, yeah, Dane Carlo, and all, and, all, and all those sort of guys. And he said, "Well, you know, I could ask and try and hook him up, uh, hook you up with them blokes." And I'm like, that? "Like what? Like I'm literally like just some random guy that decided to do a podcast to, you know, help his you mind know, out a little bit." And it was weird, man. No, this is how it works. Like I'm, I'm constantly amazed if you just ask. Like people love to talk. We love to learn about other people. And in this day and age, again, you don't have to go through managers and agents and all this stuff. You can just reach out right here and it's either a yes or a no. Like you have nothing to lose and you'll be surprised how often people will go. Yes. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. And I think it's cool because we're all learning so much about each other 
and the world gets a little smaller the more we chat and all the good stuff all the meat like you said like this guy surfed with jerry lopez he surfed with dane like i want to hear those stories i want to know the behind the scenes like that's been the funnest part about kind of getting a, a peek behind the surf industry if you will from doing all this is hearing all the stories and how much of it is rumors so much of the stuff i heard like it's not true or someone will say oh this guy's this way and then you meet him and you're like where is that like that's just a persona and when we only had magazines like you and i had when we were kids you'd look through surfer surfing magazine and everything this was just you know who knows why they were writing what they were about this what was true and what wasn't so this is cool because when we can talk face to face and look at each other you kind of get to know each other better it's yeah, fun. one of the things I really wanted to try and talk to him about as well was like board design and stuff. But man, that's just like another podcast in itself, yeah. um, you know, because he, yeah. he used to have some pretty crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I like riding different machines as well. I mean, he's into his foiling and his SUP and now, you know, yeah. and this is a guy that used to ride like seven sixes up pipe. And, uh, you know, guys are surfing like what, five tens, five elevens now. It's just like the fucking what? Yeah. And these guys too, like their ability on a surfboard is so, so much higher than the regular Joe than us. And to listen to them talk about what works for them and what doesn't, these guys can notice when they get a board from the shaper, that's like barely off in volume or not volume in, in dimensions. They'll, they can tell you everything about bottom contours. They're just, they're freaks, man. It's fun to listen to. Did you have, you have you watched any of those uh, electric acid tests? Yeah, I love those things. That's yeah, one of my favorite things. Yeah, they're rad to watch. Yeah, I I um I watched the the most recent one that they released, which was uh, what um, Dane Reynolds, Mick Fanning, and um, uh, Jordy Smith, and mm -hmm. I was just a bit gutted that you know Mick smashed his uh, ACL uh, while he was doing it because you know that was some of the insights that they talk about they're really like open about it too and uh yeah it's really interesting and that's how i got into like looking at um firewire and tomo's boards and i watched loads of videos about how about the modern planing curl and and all that sort of stuff and i just thought man this is stuff that i never even thought of before and now i'm looking yeah. into it i'm gonna and uh, you know it's what i i bought a cymatic out of it to be honest and, it's uh, so great i mean i'm I, I'm terrible with my hands. So like getting to sit down with these shapers and listen to them or watch them. I'm just like, I mean, they are, it's incredible. And yeah, the water plating hole stuff. I mean, it all started back in the day with that one guy, the Simmons, you know, and the way he was doing things that were light years ahead and how these dudes now in the future, Tomo went back and revisited. And then he knew Greenow, George Greenow and, the way everything worked out is amazing and his boards i dude i still have never ridden a tomo really I need to ride it. i haven't uh, well you've uh, i saw you've uh used one of the machado seasides didn't you yeah i have How'd a machado seaside that's super fun um have you watched the, the shred show at all yes so he works for firewire as well um so I watch a lot of his stuff and then there's another guy that does demos on youtube not demos but he He's always at lowers. I forget what it's called on YouTube, but he rides all the different boards. And um, yeah, I saw the seaside. I'm like, I knew before I even saw that thing, like I'll probably dig that. I like quads, fishy. That's a super fun board. Um, it's funny though, dude, the opinions around here, uh, 
are like about firewire versus hand shapes, you know, your local shaper, it's still like people clash over that. Yeah. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah. No, no. And I mean, it's not really so much um, in the UK because we've only got, uh, I'd say, like a handful of shapers. Um, I mean, I've got a funny story about that. So, you know, I I like fish. I like all sorts of different shapes. I've got, um, you know, really good old school. flat rock, rocker jed null 20 uh twin fin um, yeah yeah no but, i know yeah but so this is this is a funny story so i bought that about 15 years ago from a surf shop in in uh in newquay which is kind of like the the surf mecca the ct used to go there years ago anyway so i bought i bought this board and uh it was it, obviously it was a jed null uh twin fin little five eight thing flat rocker really wide really thick amazing on little waves but also good on big waves when you put some decent fins in it and uh anyway so i smashed the um like the fish tails off it they were you know proper knackered and i had a hole in the board as well and uh where i'm working down in plymouth so this uh again sort of like the south southwest um mm. there's a shaper there called luke young really really nice guy i'm going to try and get on the podcast as well and uh, i took it down to him and said look can you can you fix this up for me sort the tails out put uh, the the fin the um the fish tails out and uh f- fix the hole for me anyway i went back there when he'd done it and he said um when did you buy this and i said you know about 15 years ago and he said uh, i used to work in california in the uh, in the knolls um shaping base I was like, you know, that's where I learned how to shape. And I was like, right, okay. And he said, there's a real good chance that I'd probably glass this. And I was like, no, yeah. fuck off, mate. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, ah. it's, it's a super weird story. And, you know, I, I probably tell it quite a lot, but I think it's really cool. And it just shows how sure. small a world that it is, you know? It is. It's very small, especially among shapers. And, and the story of a board, I love that. Like, you get these different boards. They have, they have different stories. I'll show you something real quick, just yeah, for yeah. the camera, because it's sitting right here. So John's showing a, uh, a, a twin fin fish. Uh, that's a, a seven-foot-seven Christian Beamish. He used to be a writer for the, um, the journal, and he's a super gnarly high-level surfer. But he also shapes, he surfs Mavericks and stuff. I got this board for him and I asked him, like what we were talking about, if you had one board for the California coast, what would it be? And he shaped me this. It's called a kingfish. Oh, wow. And it's one of the, it's the weirdest boards ever. Like it's got that pulled in tail, that swallowtail, the wide points forward, and it's like three and a half inches thick. Oh. It's a beast. But basically you could ride it from two foot surf and not be a spaz. And you could also ride it at like, double overhead reef breaks but it's really this cruisy it's a pretty sweet board yeah yeah nice it's kind of like um, and i just <laughs> yeah go on. oh i just took it down it's sitting down here it's been sitting upstairs i'm dude i love surfboards like it's literally sitting here because i like we waxed it i've only wrote it once and like i'm like i always go back and forth i don't know if you do this when you're getting used to a new board you, you go out and you're like, there's this time to get used to it. But when the waves are good, I kind of want to take a board that I already know how to surf because I want to surf as good as I can surf. So that's where I'm going through with this. I've only ridden it once. I almost took it out yesterday, but then I grabbed a little 
five four Simmons type word, and ha- that I surf all the time. That I have for like ten years, and I had yeah. a blast. But I need to ride that more. Yeah, you're probably the same as me. I've got a load of surfboards that I just sat in my garage, and uh, you know, yep. I take I take three or four down with me, and I'm like, I'm looking at the conditions, and I'm going, and then I get out there, and I'm like, nah, I should have bought this one out. <laughs> yeah. And I've also, dude, I've had so many boards. Do you guys have Craigslist or anything like that? What's that? It's where people sell things on the internet. We call it Craigslist. Oh, well, so we have, you... like, we, we have like the Facebook thing. So we have like, um, you know, uh, Surfboard South Southwest or something like that. And you can find like a really good deal. Like sometimes people just want to get rid of it. Yeah. I've had so many boards where like, like I've ridden them once or twice and I'm like, this isn't the one for me, you know, kind of right away. But then I go back in my mind. I'm like, maybe I should have kept that one. Yeah. Cause you know, I'll like to, I like to hang some boards just on the wall. Cause I like the way they look, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't so, get away with that in my house. My missus would have a right fit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate. My wife surfs. Uh, but like right now there's an 11 foot glider that's in there that she's like, get it out of the garage, get it out of the garage. She's hammering me. There's a guy named CJ Nelson. who's like a really high level, um, long border. Yeah. And CJ, yeah. yeah. He has a company called crime, which is these soft tops that are actually really, really good surfboards. Like, but they have a soft top. So that's one of his. And I just, I just texted him yesterday. I'm like, my, my wife's going to kill me. I need to bring this board back to you. And he's like, okay, okay. I understand, bro. We'll get it out of there. So yeah, I have the same, same issue. I've even hidden, I've hidden boards in the attic oh, really? for my wife. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got yeah. a problem. I don't love tell, Don't tell mine, but I, I buy stuff and I just don't tell her. And I just like, cause she never looks in the garage anyway. <laughs> Me too. Dude, I've taken boards that, um, like I'll use the same board bag. Right. So she thinks it's the same board but there's a different board in that board bag. And I even know guys that have got boards shaped with the same colors, but it's a different board that they'll hide in the garage so that their wife sees the same colors, but doesn't know that it's a different board. <laughs> They're like drug, drug addicts, but it's boards. Yeah. That's where all my money goes. You're like, what, what, where's, where's the shopping money going to come from this month? Uh, I can take some wax off and we can melt that down and eat that if you want. <laughs> yeah, who needs food, dude? I need to shred. I need to shred that noir, bro. Yeah, I don't need well, food. <laughs> let's uh let's talk a little bit about so you you kind of started getting popular through you started with Kook of the Day, didn't you? So you're doing your Instagram feeds, but how did they pick you up? So Kook of the Day in in California, they have a I mean worldwide they have a huge following. Uh there you are. There we go. Kook of the day. The kook of the day. I was going to say, you know how to handle weapons. You know how to shoot guns. So if you see somebody handling a weapon that's never handled a weapon, you're going to be like, that dude's a kook. He should not be handling that firearm. Same thing with kook of the day. It's like, if you look at it, it says, this is an instructional tool. Like, don't do this, do this. So it always made me laugh. And he started to have people send in like surf reports and stuff. And I would see them and I'm like, the guy was trying to be funny or whatever. And I'm like, it's not that funny. So I said to my wife, I go, I'm going to send Kook of the Day some videos. And she's like, oh, you are? And then he, he liked them. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how my, my Instagram blew up was through him. And then Surfer Magazine 
contacted me and said, we want to do a, a show with you. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I grew up on Surfer Magazine. So we did season one of a show called the Ultra Core Surf Hour. Yeah. Um, that's on YouTube. And we started to film season two. We got two episodes in and then all the COVID stuff happened. So right now we're, we're kind of slowly getting back to doing that. Um, yeah. And then just all these different opportunities have happened um, with, with surfing and, and kind of outside of surfing. And my whole thing was like, what would be funny to me? And a lot of it has to do with surfing. I, I just never thought that the surf community would, would um, jump on it. But like as surfers, you know, we talk about certain things like we were about our boards that we hide from our wives and stuff like that. So naturally that's what I'm interested in. And so that's what people picked up on. And yeah, I'm just stoked on the response. It's been super fun just being a goofball. Love it. How did, uh, how did it feel when you got picked up by Surfer? That must have been a little bit surreal, really. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so Peter Terrace, uh, he works there. And I knew who Peter was because he was a photographer for years. I would see his name in the magazines. And um, he, he said, hey, man, like, and we both have young kids. We're married with kids. He goes, I, I kind of wanted, was thinking about doing something like you uh, a couple years ago that was basically like middle-aged and going to the beach with that. So they brought me in and I literally sat at like a table with all these guys from Surfer and it was super surreal. They're like, well, we think we could do this. We could do that. And Todd Pradonovich, uh, who runs Surfer, he also was, was behind the idea and like, we just basically, they turned a camera. I mean, you can tell if you watch the show, we just went to different surf spots. They turned the camera on and I would just talk to people or it, we, we just kind of made it up as we went. Season two is a little more structured. Um, no, it felt amazing, dude. They upped my profile and like, it was kind of like putting a stamp on it. Like surfer magazine said, this guy's like, he's okay. So that, that opened a lot of other doors and um, yeah, it just made me feel good. I don't know what else to say. Like, I was psyched. I was stoked. Yeah, I mean, something that you started maybe a year ago to what it's blown up to now is, you know, it's super cool. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm watching it as you go along. You know, it just it just makes me chuckle because, you know, <laughs> yeah. makes it's me chuckle like, too. Yeah, it's like we're kind of. I, I feel like uh, there's there's quite some similarities between between us. I mean, I'm not as funny as you are by any means, but you know, that as a compliment. <laughs> I do for sure take it as a compliment. No, there's similarities. Like, I mean, but it's funny. I'll be straight up. Like, I want to be what you are. That's what I want. Like, I, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be sort of commando. I want to be in the military. Like, that's what I wanted to be. But I just am not that guy. I tried to tell myself I was, you know, love jujitsu. I love all this stuff. But the comedy stuff, that just is, that's what, comes naturally to me and i i love doing that it's funny that at my age it's now you go that direction like, i want to be example to everybody that's in their late 30s early 40s like it's not too late to follow your dreams society tries to tell you like i would tell myself oh i should have done it 20 years ago. no this is perfect like i'm this i'm balding like i, I go where did i in my mind i'm 18 years old but i'm 40 and I go, this is funny. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, okay. this is perfect. The timing's fine. Mate, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with a Peter Pan complex. <laughs> no, we all have it as surfers, don't we? Yeah, we really do. 
yeah, it's yeah. the most most kid thing like i feel like one of the lost boys man i pee in my wetsuit i go for a surf like a kid again love it yeah don't wash it afterwards no just let it irrigate the garage whatever yeah li- um, li- live in your house to dry like i do and that's that doesn't go down well either. yeah like you never know where things are going to go when you put yourself out there. Like, did you think six months ago you would talk to Tom Carroll on a podcast? No, not at all. I mean, the, the whole, I mean, I've probably said this a few times on the podcast as well. Um, the, the, the one, a couple of reasons why I started this was one for my mental health, you know, talking about stuff we all know kind of, even though I say it in some sarcastic manner that it, it helps you in some way. Um, but also, you know, there's a lot of people that I know that have got some really, really cool stories. Um, they're never going to write a book. They're never going to be high profile on social media. They're never going to tell those stories. And I just thought, well, I tell you what, let's start something, buy a couple of microphones off, off, off Amazon, teach myself how to do all this sort of stuff as I go along and see if they want to talk to me about it. And if they do, that's brilliant. If they don't, well, it's cool as well, like, you know. Dude, I, and I'm a hundred percent behind what you said, because when people lock that stuff inside, like it stays inside, there's young guys that need to hear these stories or young people. And if you can get these guys to open up and share this stuff, that's how we get better, man. Um, yeah, that's why I try to be an open book. Um, I've, I'll talk, I'll get serious sometimes on my Instagram and talk about mental health and things like that, because I wish people would have done that for me when I was you know, 18, 19, 20, a lot of the men I knew were like, keep that, keep that inside. Don't, don't talk about it. But I needed people to talk about it. We still need people to talk about it because that's how we help each other. So dude, man, I encourage you keep doing that. And you're right. You have access to people with stories um, that other people can't get access to. And if they want to share, that's great. And yeah, like you said, if they don't, that's okay too. Yeah. I got another question for you. So I'm quite interested. You've got how many kids? You got a couple of kids? A five and a seven-year-old boy. Two boys. Yeah. So I've got an eight-year-old and a and a, and a three-year-old. Um, and I find juggling my, you know, going to work, surfing, jujitsu, home life as well. You know, it's it's quite it's quite an epic because, you know, I said this to Tom Carroll. Yeah, let's, let's name drop Tom Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> I said TC, to him, yeah, TC. Yeah, TC man, he's my best friend, man. <laughs> my boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said I said to him that surfing and jujitsu as well, they're quite selfish things because they're all about you, making you feel good about yourself. Um, you know, going away on surf trips. You know, I'm 40 next year, and I said to the missus, you know, I'm one going on a boat trip, you know, to the Maldives, or um, I want to go back to Morocco, and she's like that. Don't don't you want to go away with me to Vegas? And I was like, uh, yeah, let's do both of it. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my question is, how do you how do you juggle all of that? Plus, you're quite um, heavy on your social media as well. You know, you, you're posting stuff on your live feeds and stuff all the time. Yeah. That as well as being an EMT as well. I mean, you know, you, there's a spare limited time. Yeah. I don't balance it very well, to be honest with you. I'm still figuring it out. All I know is that this has led to a lot of positive things. So that's kind of what I tell my wife. I'm like, listen, we're, we're working on our future here. Um, sometimes my head's like this and I worry that my kids 
that's going to be their memory of dad. Like he was like this, but most of the time I'm doing this, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm figuring it out. It's not good at times. It's good at times. I try to put it away and set aside time. Um, yeah, I, I worry about it. I, I'm still figuring out that balance to be honest, because I always thought people that were like this taking selfies, I thought they looked like total dickheads, you know, and then all of a sudden I kind of became one of those, but it's also like, this is my dream maker. You know, this is what has helped things to happen. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is my wife and my family. So balancing it, um, I wouldn't be able to do any of this if my wife wasn't very, very cool. And she knows it makes me happy. And she's seen that we're getting something out of it, you know, and that it's opening doors and different opportunities. So yeah, hopefully one day I'll be able to mellow out with that and I'll have some sort of job where I can go to with a microphone or, you know, something like that. And I don't have to be on the phone as much. I don't have to be on the phone. Yeah. I'm addicted, you know, but. And plus you're getting a load of brownie points because she's just sat over your shoulder and listening to what you're saying too. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Uh, she's not. She's got earplugs. We're not even okay. in contact. We don't even talk anymore. Yeah, she has earplugs in too. She's right there. Hey. Yeah, she's got saying. her Chook in the Day t-shirt on right there. there oh, yeah. 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 That right like this. <laughs> get her. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, so the, all that sort of stuff, the surfer, and I mean, uh, the, um, the ultra cool uh, surf hour, that that's kind of led on to didn't you do did you do some sort of like surf jeopardy as well i saw that somewhere didn't i yeah we're still doing that in fact this week is is the final um then they asked me during covid like we wanted to do something so many people were locked down in their houses not going yeah. outside so we started doing a trivia show that i would host which was surfer jeopardy just asking questions and we just bring people in live and again i just use this set it up it's super kind of uh, low tech. I have, it's still up there. The Jeopardy board is in the hallway right here. Okay. I would set the, the camera up in my bathroom. But recently for uh, season two of Surfer Jeopardy, I've been going into um, the surfer's office. That's another thing. Like uh, surfer's office is one city over from my city. So they're real close. So that worked out nicely as well. Um, yeah, man. And, and again, like this is all as a fan of surfing. I couldn't be happier, you know, cause people have really been nice and have responded really, really nicely to uh, what I'm doing. So it's, didn't you get a bit cool, of negative man. flack about um, trestles as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, come no, on, talk, so... talk to me about that. Cause it made me laugh. You, you posted something a few weeks ago. And it did make me laugh. Cause I was like, like, they must think he's a right prick. And then when he turns up again, they're like that. Fuck off, mate. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah. Yeah, this guy told me that there was a bunch of people that wanted to sock me and punch me. And I, it's so what did I do? I posted what he said and then made a rebuttal because it's ludicrous. It's like one of the most famous spots in the world. Did this, and more people are surfing right now than ever before. I don't know if you know this, but surfboard sales are like the highest they've ever been because nobody's playing traditional sports. So people are, are buying bicycles and surfboards. They're doing outdoor activities right now. So the fact that he was upset about 
like me exposing the secret that is trestles. It's a spot on the WSL until a couple of years ago. Like it's one of the most famous spots ever. But again, when you open yourself up like this, you'll get some of this because you're doing a podcast. When you put yourself out there, dude, the weirdos come out. Like I get crazy direct messages. Like I just posted a video a couple days ago. A guy invited me to Las Vegas for the weekend oh, yeah, to so party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got like two girls on a zebra that look like Kim Kardashian. And they're, they're like, they look like they've been up doing drugs just for 10 days. And I'm like, no, I'm got a wife and kids. What are you? But that's the kind of stuff you get. And then um, early on, like I had a hard time with the haters. People would be like, stop doing what you're doing. You're not funny you know, kill yourself. They say terrible stuff. And then I was like, well, these are just angry people. These are angry people. And had I listened to them, none of this would have happened. And at times in the beginning, I was like, it would start to get to me. I'd be like, oh yeah. And then I was just like, dude, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Problem solved. I'll read my own comments on my own page. Like Kook of the Day, I don't read the comments. Surfer, I don't read the comments. Um, Beach Grit, I don't know if you know what Beach Grit is. Yeah, yeah. They just, he wrote, Chaz Smith wrote something really nice about me. I did a whole thing on, there's a contest right now to win uh, a trip to the Surf Ranch. And it's sponsored by Jose Cuervo and you surf with Jerry Lopez. Yeah, so yeah, I just, I Yeah, I said all that. Those comments on there, I read one comment. Those, Beach Grid is like Stab. Have you read the comments on Stab? They're hilarious, but they're ruthless. So I just don't, I don't read them. Still working on this up here. Yeah, yeah. I keep it positive. <laughs> did you watch any of the uh, Surf Ranch stuff uh, a couple of what, yeah. a couple of weeks ago now? Did you watch it? I did. I love watching that stuff. The, the male and female teams, and they competed. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit of a pest with it, if I'm honest. I, uh, I I love watching the contests. I stick them on when I'm at work. You know, if they're on if they're on early in the morning, because they're on normally on early in the morning for us. You know, it goes from like early evening through till uh, early hours, and I watch all that sort of thing. I just I just love it. I love I love I love the interviews. I love watching, you know, the, the different way that people's the styles. I mean, my, one of my favourite surfers at the moment is Steph Gilmore. She's like. She's off the charts. She's my, it's funny. I was just talking. I had the opportunity to, I say, surf with her. She wasn't there with me. I was in the water and she paddled out. And it was like, you want to see like a group of men, just the entire lineup change. Everybody stopped and we just watched her. And this is my, this is what a dork I am. Fully fanned out. Never seen her in person. I see her and I looked at her all hail Queen Stephanie. And I went like this and she looked at me and she's like, gave me like the, yeah, weirdo. But I was like, and we sat and watched her, perfect style, perfect form, beautiful, beautiful lady, like huge fan. And she uh, she rides um, 20s really well as, I've seen a, seen a few uh, video footages of her on, um, on YouTube. And uh, you know, the flow that comes out of her is just like, poof. You know, it's, it's she wild. rides single fin well. There's a video of her riding a single fin at, at a right point. I think it's her home break. It's a, a Aleutian Juice Dave Parmeter, who's a California shaper. And she's just, I don't know what to say. There was a footage of her getting a perfect 10 
I don't know if you've seen that a little while back where she, she does this beautiful snap or gets a big tube, comes out, does this big snap to another tube, then comes out and does this floater off the insection. It's in a contest. It's a 10. And you're like, that wave couldn't have been surfed better. I think that was in uh, the end. It was in Hawaii, wasn't it? It was. Um... Or was it France? Maybe it was Hawaii. It might have been Hawaii. Well, she got. A t- I think she got a ten at the end of the tour last year. Maybe did she get to? The- I think she got to the final because she's riding that pink board. And, yes. Uh, and uh, she-, she got. I'm sure she got a ten. Or it might have been the year before. Um, my statistics in my brain are not that good. <laughs> well, I'm a. I'm a huge fan of um, of professional surfing of all of it. That's that's why all of this. I think has resonated with so many people like you and me, like I read surfer magazine still do from front to back. Like I read surfers journals. I have a bunch of them right here. I have a bunch of surfers right here. I'm just a fan of the sport. Like, and it's weird too, because I, I don't know that I, I necessarily believe in manifestation. I just think what you think about all the time sort of happens. And I happen to think about surfing and beer and now all of a sudden there's free beer in the garage and all this surfing stuff. And I'm like, you just kind of get back what you put out there. Right. It's pretty cool though, isn't it? I mean, amazing. Know, we, uh, you don't start things to get, let's call it free stash. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, when people start, you know, recognizing what you're doing, it kind of, you know, especially like for people like you and me, we kind of go, I'm getting some recognition here and, and people are enjoying what I'm putting out. And you're like, this is pretty cool. You know, um, you know, and I'm doing this just for a bit of fun yes. too. Right. Correct. And I, the craziest thing to me was, and I knew this all along, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a slow learner is everything is about action. You can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if you don't implement them, nothing's going to happen. So what I've, just learned is like you you do what you do you put it out there you see what happens and you'll be shocked at some of the responses like the trestles video was literally i surf lowers i came home and i'm like i'm just gonna talk about the breaks from here to here and then people will be like oh did you plan that out did you write this <laughs> like no i'm just bsing talking we're talking about what we see but then they think you're you're doing something that that is was planned and no i mean almost everything that i'm doing is just off the cuff but that's where the fun comes you know you just got to make sure that it was like natural it happened in the moment don't force anything and then it usually comes out pretty good you know but yeah that got like people i run into people all the time oh i love your trestles video so your trestles and i'm like uh you never know what the reaction will be it's fun. Yeah. Do you, have you read in the uh, call outs when you've been, uh, when you've been at work and people are like that, you know, they've probably got like a leg hanging off or something like that. Like, dude, you're that dude. Yeah. I've, it's, um, <laughs> I, again, I never wanted anything more than to just be recognized like in public, like have somebody do that. And I will like, if I stay within a mile of the coast, I'll get recognized a lot. If I go inland, I won't, but in all the beach towns where all the surfers are, you know, um, I get recognized and I love it. It's so rad. It's just, 
you make somebody feel happy. You make somebody laugh. You brought them joy. They attach your face to that feeling. So when they see you, they're like, oh, he's that fun guy that made me laugh. And then you have this nice interaction. And to me, I'm like, that's, I can't think of anything better. Like you couldn't, it's better than anything. I love it. But again, I love attention clearly. So it doesn't get better than that. I'm not having it. I'm not having that you like attention. I do like attention. <laughs> you like you like I, the uh, like the the most stupid girl at school, but the most essence one as well. And you're like, why is no one looking at me? What can I do? <laughs> it's, pretty, it's from being the youngest child, man. You're just constantly entertaining, you know, my older sisters and all that. And I love people too. Like I love. That's why I say yes. Like if. Anyone ask me to do a podcast, I'm like, yes, because I get to ask you questions about yourself. And I'm curious, man. I'm curious about people. So it's fun, man. Love it. Well, John, we've been going for an hour and a half now. So super, super cool to talk to you. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, if you're willing, I wouldn't mind doing this again sometime. Um, you know, you're a super nice guy. I'd be happy to, man. And I don't think you're a grumpy surfer. I think you're a happy dude. Uh, why? Like, why? I have to ask the Grumpy Surfer podcast. Like he's got a big smile on his face. He's ripped. He's got abs. He seems stoked. Yeah, and it was quite uh, ironic that he actually did look like me. He's a shit board though. I'd never surf something like that. Are you grumpy because you don't get enough swell there in the UK? Is that why? Mm, Need uh, more waves. I'm externally grumpy, so I look grumpy <laughs> on the outside, but I'm happy on the inside. So it should be the Grumpy in brackets Happy Surfer Inside podcast. Awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. And if you ever need anything, like, just let me know. We'll, we'll shoot it out there and we'll, we'll try to get, get some love over there to the UK surf community. Nice one, mate. Well, thanks for coming on and I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Take care, buddy. I appreciate Cheers, it. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. And that's it. If you enjoyed my conversation today with John, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast providers. And also follow me on the Grumpy Surfer podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening.